One questions developer ask us a lot is for a roadmap to success. Now, my guest this time gives us his insight to how you can get there. And it may not be the answer you expect. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer Podcast. Here's your host, Chuck Tomasi. Hello, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and of course, all you curious individuals that I always say with the utmost love and respect. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer Podcast, where we bring you the latest tools, tips, and tradecraft to accelerate your career. And I get the feeling that this one may run a little bit long because my guest today and I are both passionate about developer careers. I am super stoked to be talking with the one and only Robert the Duke Fedoric. Wait, what What exactly is your title? Well, that's the great thing about being in this game as an independent for so long is that um, I don't really need one. And uh, and, and I'm, I'm super happy with that, except when I have to put my occupation on any kind of like application. Right. Because I'm like, what is my title? Um, but I, I like just I like just doing whatever interests me at the time. You're sitting next to somebody on the airplane and they say, what is it you do? Yeah. And then you're like, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> That's my new response. And I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sick of trying to make something up. Like, I am a digital content creator. If their eyes glaze over, you lost them already. <laughs> well, I was telling my wife, I mean, she's like, oh, what are you doing this afternoon? I'm like, I'm just jumping on the podcast with, with Chuck Tomasi. She's like, which one is Chuck again? And I'm like, he's the face. He's the face the of service face. <laughs> The face and the tie. The other one I like is, so what do you do? I learn, I share, I change people's lives. Want no more? <laughs> <laughs> Well, if I may, just self-promote just a little bit here. I, Absolutely. I do, three, I do three types of work, really. Um, I um, I do the traditional independent ServiceNow consulting. Um, I also do recruiting now, and you, mm-hmm. know, you can connect with me on that via the links Chuck will have in the description. Um, and then I also do a little bit of, uh, I guess you can call it a combination of digital marketing and sales enablement for small technology partners or maybe not necessarily small, but companies that really have no uh, exposure or persona in the ServiceNow space and want to make sure that they're reaching the right people and speaking the right language in their marketing efforts. Let's let's go through the traditional intro, though, because some listeners may know you from your YouTube channel, where you've got various mm-hmm. videos and whatnot, some from your podcast, CJ and the Duke. <laughs> you do that with our 2022 Dev MVP, Corey CJ Wesley, or perhaps they may know you from somewhere else. So, in your words, tell us a little bit about yourself. Man, um, see, the paradox is I'm really not that interesting a person. Liar. <laughs> I joke around and tell people that I'm like 14 years old because that's kind of when I when I found ServiceNow. And uh, I discovered ServiceNow at kind of a, a weird spot in my life. Like I had ambitions and drive, but it was a lazy man's ambition and drive, right? Just... I was clocking in at eight, clocking out at five, coming home, drinking my six pack and doing it again every, like day after day. And I was just a, a, a clock puncher. And um, if I'd have gone on much longer than that, I would have been really worried about myself. But then I found service now and kind of just, I'd been dealing with ITSM tools prior to that, but I could do so much more with it. Um, and I kind of like, it, it woke me up out of my funk. I'm like, Oh, holy cow. I can do a whole bunch of really cool stuff. And People are depending on me to do that. And people like all of a sudden listen to me as if I have something of great importance to say when I'm talking about 
the different things we can do with ServiceNow. Am I answering the right question here? Close enough. Okay. But then I, I did that for 14 years. I, I did it in a, in a passionate way, but not necessarily like a mindful directed way, right? And yep. so it's like all these years later, and I've just had this reputation of, of just saying what I feel about the service now. Sometimes it gets me in trouble and sometimes it gets me a, a big audience. So if you know me in the space, it's because we've worked together or it's because you've heard me go on one of my rants about something, probably documentation. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just, I like to say that, um, you know, I mean, it would sound like I'm patting myself on the back by saying this, but I like to be like a mouthpiece for the industry. And when you're not at work, what do you enjoy doing in your off time? I used to do a ton of mentorship and coaching, mm -hmm. but I guess if we just like uh, step st like step away from the service now a little bit, I just I just love making beautiful things, and I spent most of my professional life just kind of feel like very obsessed about service now, and like it was do service now until I had to eat, take care of my family in the evening, and then stay up late doing service now, and. Well, that basically cut my teeth and got me the leverage and spotlight that I needed for the rest of my career. Um, when it, I, I just kind of woke up one day and realized, like, that's kind of like I love service now, but that's not. There's no way to live a life, right? Um, <laughs> I'm not going to be on my deathbed wishing I had spent five more hours on, on service now. And so <laughs> you don't want JavaScript on your tombstone. That's right. Um, and so I just, I started thinking about like, what do I really enjoy doing? I, I just, it, it, it dovetails yeah. with my service now experience. I love building beautiful things and I hadn't grown up handy or toolsy. Um, and I'm just kind of discovering what I can do with my hands. And so I've been making soap for about five years now and I've gotten really, really good at that. Um, making, making all kinds of different soaps. That's cool. And lately I've gotten into leather working mm. and uh, I just built myself a cool uh, leather wristband recently. And I'm just doing simple stuff right now, keychains, and just to get the practice and the feel for all the tools um, and the, and the, that, that muscle movement that you gotta, you gotta learn about. Yeah. Um, and beyond that, it's just, you know, I got two young kids and I, you know, I love spending time with them and helping them grow and preparing them for, you know, a world that I don't even understand now, let alone what, what it's going to be like 10 or 20 years for them. Hey, here, kids, let me prepare you for something I know nothing about. <laughs> That's right. Well, I mean, you just got to like make them strong in mind, strong yes. in body, strong in spirit, right? Yep. So it's just keeping them physically active, mentally active, and, and somehow in, foster them with a sense of like, nobody's going to come and save me. Like, how do I contend with the world? Which is a great tie-in for our topic today because we entitled this one "Blaze Your Own Path" for a reason. There's, there's. Tell me about this mythical roadmap we keep hearing about on on how to be a top developer. Yeah, shoot, man! I wish somebody would tell me. <laughs> I'm 14 years in and I still haven't found it. Um. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know how it is for you. I know for me, like it's a daily. Um, you know, daily inquiries. And like I understand the spirit of people's ask, right? They want to be better, right? And that's a noble yeah, yeah. aspiration. Um, but there's this, there's this preconceived notion about how one does get better. And like overwhelmingly, it's weighted towards 
like show me the path that has been blazed before me, right? Like point me down the, the, the trail that's easiest to, 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 to get to the destination on. Show me the documents, right? What, what, thi- what things can I read or um, give, me, give me the tips so that I can learn more efficiently? So I've broken down into like uh, three fallacies and a necessity. Okay. Um, because you can't like, there is no like instruction booklet for how to get good in service now. At right. least from the Duke's perspective, right? So number one is the fallacy of the golden path. There is no like the path you took to your service now, Dominus Chuck, looks completely different from mine, looks completely different from Travis Tolson's, looks completely different from Chris Pope's, you know, yeah. like just go down the who's who of who in service now. And every one of them is going to have a very different story to tell. And a lot of it is predicated on what did you do before? Yeah. Right. You know, Travis Tolson was 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 a mechanic in the Marines. Right. Right. And and that had like incredible path forming influence over what he did in the service now space. I was a boring 30-year-old schlub. And like <laughs> the, the only but and that had consequence for how I learned, right? And so there's there isn't this thing where somebody else can say, Oh, look, all you gotta do is like read these documents and you know what I mean? Right. It doesn't work that way. Right. Did I hit your thing? That's half of it. The other half okay. is we don't even have the same target in mind. I mean, Chris Pope did something completely different from what I'm doing. It was completely right. different from from what you're doing. It's it's a different yeah. target. Some people may be more into the product side. Some people may be more into the marketing side. Some people may be more into the developer yeah. side. And, and saying you're a developer to me is like saying you're a doctor. Great. Yeah. Are you going to work on my foot? Are you going to work on my ear? Are you yeah, gonna... or we're going to do some construction. Yeah, exactly. Like what? Paper airplanes out of construction <laughs> paper or like high rises? <laughs> you know? So there's a, there's a huge yeah. target to hit. That's why there is no golden path to being a ServiceNow developer. It's like, yeah, it, it'd be and, like me signing up and going, how do I become a doctor? <laughs> and the path from where to where, because all the where's yes. have changed too. Like, yes. like we only had two paths. Like it was ITSM or developer, right? That was it when you and I were coming up. Yeah. Now somebody could come in and not even touch ITSM, not even touch like hardcore developer and, and they'll be just fine. You know, they could, they could hit two or three different specializations and still not even touch the things exactly. that were our only options. Right. So that's number one, the fallacy that there is a golden path mm-hmm. for you to follow. Fallacy number two is the, is the fallacy of the efficient learner, right? So like, a lot of people are like, show me the, like, show me the documents so that I can be a good ServiceNow developer. They're like, give me your special tips so I can learn more efficiently, right? And that's like the worst virtue to pursue. Like to learn efficiently, learn <laughs> profoundly, not efficiently. <laughs> well, and everybody le- learns in a different way. That's uh, true. There's, That's there's, true. There's the people who want hands-on. There's the people who will watch a video. There's the people who will but, read it. There's the people who will listen to it. Everybody's got a different intake and comprehension method. Right. But like efficiency is such a false God. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, Efficiency is something that you're at the margins, right? I got a million transactions to do, and I'd rather do them in 1.8 seconds than two seconds. <laughs> but like that's efficiency, right? Is just like getting 20% at the margins of a million transactions. That's got nothing to learn with how you learn the fundamentals of a of a tool that's meant to be built. 
you don't efficiently learn how to use a hammer. You use a hammer and you, you use and use and use and use and use and use the hammer. And you hit your so thumb tw- a few times. That's <laughs> right. And tw- it's only after 20 years of swinging a hammer where you like just line up the nail and just boop one shot and it goes in. Yeah. You know what I hear? What I hear efficient learner. I hear I want a shortcut. Yeah, I'm trying not to like morally judge the people who are asking, right? <laughs> I don't know who asked you, but that's what I hear. <laughs> yeah. They did have the parts to come up and ask is what I'm saying. There's no doubt it can get frustrating at times, but I'm I'm just not here to judge people's motivations. I'm I'm here to to like give them the real answers, right? We mentioned hitting your thumb a few times with the hammer, which I think is your third point. The necessity of failure. Yes, the necessity of failure. Because just you can learn a lot by doing it the right way, but you don't know what you didn't, you know what I mean? Like if you just walked, if you just walk across a farm field, right? Mm-hmm. It, like, and and you got to one end to the other, you wouldn't even think that you, you know, you didn't step on a landmine that's been active since World War II, just nobody stepped on it yet. You know, you didn't step on this huge pool of snakes that you didn't even know you were walking through. That's pretty dark stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> right, but you... Like you don't know what could have happened. Right. Right. And then, so it's in some places failing is, is the way you learn the important lessons. Like, Oh, heck yeah. Half, half the stuff I rant about where people's like, Oh, let's just Rob's going again. (laughs) You know, somebody's got him on it. And I'm just like ranting. It's because I was like, I was in the position where I was burned by it so badly beforehand. Those right. are the people, I, I always respond to people. They say, wow, Chuck, you're a genius. You sure know a lot. And I say, well, we learn by our mistakes. I've made a few. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, I get asked all the time, like, oh, how come you never like started? Like, how come you're not the head of some service now partner somewhere? I'm like, I was, you know, I started, a, I started a consultancy called Wolfpack back in the day. Oh, okay. It, it nearly killed me. Like I made so many so many catastrophic mistakes that, you know, I had one night where I woke up in the middle and I was so stressed about everything that was going on and we won't make a show about that. Okay. But I was so stressed about everything that was going on and the, the certain financial and legal doom that was, that was facing me. And I was walking back to my bedroom and my, my, my whole skin just felt like it was like literally burning, like not just, Oh, it feels hot. Like I felt like this is what it feels when your skin's on fire. Oh, wow. And my heart pumped, like just five, like real good ones, just boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, this is what it feels like to have a heart attack. I passed out. And I thought, I thought for certain I was, I was dying. I thought for certain I was dying. And I called out my wife's name and she woke me up like five minutes later. I just, all I did was pass out. Wow. you ever have a moment where I'm like, I'm having a heart attack. I'm falling down. Like, this is it. I'm going to die. I have not, but I don't want one. <laughs> and so, but that's, that's, that's what I mean about like, yeah. People say, what path did you take? You don't want that path. No, no. <laughs> you don't want to learn the lessons I've learned that way, but you do, you will have things that you will learn the hard way. Another thing like CMDB, like Robert, can you help us do the CMDB thing? Nope. <laughs> I'm not good at CMDB. And I could tell you a horror story about what happens when I try and be good at CMDB. Like, you're just not even going to find out the stuff that you want to do long-term until you failed a couple times. If you want to find out some good stories about failure, just in, a, in, a, in almost a minimalist approach, go on the Slack 
server and go to the TIL channel. It stands for Things I Learned. And you will get some great stories out of there. It, it is a lot of fun. TIL about the TIL channel. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know about that one. I thought you were in there. Man, we're going to make this whole show about this one question. Anyway, <laughs> the fourth one, and, and we'll, I'll try to get through this one quickly, is the fallacy of future maximization. Explain. Like, the, like a, a lot of times I get the, the question of what's the best service now cert for five years from now. Oh dear. You know I, what I, mean? I have not like, encountered that one. <laughs> you know what? But it's always like, well, of course they're going to learn it now, but they want it so that they're, they're free and clear for the next five years. And I'm like, man, I've never felt free and clear. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've never felt like, just think about 10 years ago, the five years ago before that was like, Oh, learn HP service desk. That's a cool tool. Learn remedy. And then it was like instant, man, ServiceNow crushed those comp- competitors mm-hmm. in, in like a one to two year interval, crushed them. And, you know, there's, there's new cool stuff coming out and you're like, oh, that just could be so awesome. Everybody's going to adopt it. And they don't, you know, or some other tool comes out from behind and, you know, everybody starts using that, but later. So you just can't, you just can't time the market this way. So it's it's way better to maximize for what you're good at. Yes, <laughs> you know for what you're good at, which is a great which is a great segue to our next question. Great segue. I was going to say that. Um, we we've, we've told about what you know these fallacies and what you shouldn't do or what you can't do. What can we do to be prepared or to set ourselves up for success? Okay, so there's this idea of like niches or riches. Uh huh. Like, so if you can find the thing that nobody else does and you do that, there's more upside for you, right? You become that person, right? That, you know, when virtual agent first came out, you know, Mark Rothoff basically like deconstructed the heck out of it. He spent (laughs) every day, he was writing a blog article, but then it was like, you know, we were three months into virtual agent being live and and who is the person on earth? Who is the person for virtual agent? Yeah. Mark. You know what I mean? And so there's lots, there's so many niches in service now, right? Today. Oh, that gosh, you could, yes. Yeah. I mean, you could easily be that person. You know, like I have a YouTube channel. I'm not the biggest service now YouTube channel on earth, but I, I do pretty decently. And I'm just like, you know, where is the HR content? <laughs> like nobody's talking about HR best practices. Maybe they are. I just don't have bumped into them, but that's a, that's a powerful niche to be in. You want a new one? RPA hub. That's a whole yeah. new skill set to be exploited. I am waiting yep. to see who the new rock star is that's going to grab the horns on that thing and just you know start putting out blogs and videos and like that's that's what I'm waiting for is is who's the next uh, you know Nathan Firth for RPA Hub or the next yeah. you know Travis Tolson of RPA Hub it, that's going to be interesting but to see even if you even if you're not aspiring to be like a persona in the space right you just want to be highly lucrative bill rate consultant. Yeah. Right? Get yourself a niche. But also but also make sure that you can get your message to the market about that niche. Ding 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 ding. Yep. I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, persona doesn't necessarily you have to be able to say you you've got to have some way to say, I've done this. Here's what my product looks yeah. like. Here's what my service looks like. Whatever. If you want me to do this for you, they're not just going to like Google. I need an RPA hub specialist. That's right. you know? Especially if you're an indie, right? Because there's no connection between. Yeah. Like customers every day are looking for the talent, right? And I just like I love Mothership, right? But Mothership will only 
will only direct you towards certain levels of partner, right? Yep. So if you're an independent out there, you've got to find an alternate way to get your message to the market because mothership isn't going to do it for you. No, this and it's not negative against service now, right? It's like, of course, they're not going to keep track of all the independents, right? Just a bajillion of them. Exactly. But nobody's coming to save you. You have to do it yourself. And 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 not to discourage people who have started in ITSM and are going that way because there's always room for credible. Right. And, and, and ITSM is a great learning block. That's where I learned all my ServiceNow stuff. You know, a lot of a lot of the scripting and data modeling and a lot of that came out of ITSM and that I could apply it elsewhere. So it just became sort of a, a testing or approving or training ground for for learning what the platform can do. And then you'll start discovering all kinds of opportunities, which yep. is, is my next question uh, is, you know, what's what's a way that somebody can, you know, they go, oh, well, I don't, I don't have anything to build. I, I don't have anything that I really want to implement because uh, I do this all day and I'm waiting for the customer to give me requirements. Oh, <sighs> okay. So first of all, let's, let's talk about the, this, the, the volume of space that, that is to be covered. Right. So you think about there's processes that people need to put on the tool, right? Mm -hmm. That's one dimension. And then you have technologies that they need to put on the tool. Second dimension. And then the third dimension is verticals like industries, yeah, markets that need those things put in. So if you think volume is like length times width times height, think about all the processes times all the technologies times all the different verticals those and and the sum of all that is what you can do in the space that's a big box a huge box and i don't think i don't think a lot of people think about this either or because they think itsm is itsm is itsm itbm is itbm is itbm nope like you go into healthcare and they're gonna have a whole different like perspective on like itbm itsm itom like they're going to have huge yeah. differentials in, in what they were asset management. Like just think about you're doing asset management for a media and advertising company. And there's like computers, like our creatives bring in their own stuff. They rent their own software. Like we don't care. I was talking to a colleague today about um, just getting his PowerPoint approved for the knowledge conference. And he said, Really? All you have to do is look at it and say, it's good? I, I, I come from the finance world for the last 25 yeah. years where everything had to be triple and quadruple checked and approved. And like, well, yeah, that, that shed light on that industry for me. So like you said, every industry is going to be different. So not every implementation is going to be the same. And there's, there's all kinds of these opportunities. And one thing that I, you know, we're, we're both passionate about the platform, let's face it. There's always something you can build. Always. Yes. Even if it's for your family, for your, for your, your club, you know, you're doing mm -hmm. your Boy Scouts or uh, whatever. There's always something that you're going to spot. It's an occupational hazard, let's face it, that needs to be digitized. It, it walk into the doctor's office and they hand you a clipboard and I say, what's wrong with this picture? <laughs> you know, what, what century did I just walk into? Like, why am I filling out a clipboard? I should be able to pre-register on my mobile device before I even get here. Gosh, there's no way to say it that doesn't understate it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you were the one person on earth that actually got to see God, like how would you explain that experience to somebody who didn't? You know what I mean? Wow. That's pretty profound. <laughs> 
Well, you just think of like in the Bible if you, or, or whatever holy book you decide to read, if they describe what the angels look like, and they're like, and all these eyes and wings, and there's 12 of them, and they had a lion's head and a, and a horse's head. And you're like, what? <laughs> I went a little off topic there. But the thing is, like, you, you just can't describe to somebody the vastness of stuff that you can build. And it's super, super important to realize that your PDI experience is only like one infinitesimally small difference between that and a, and a quote unquote real life experience. Mm -hmm. If you can build a fully composed app and talk about the value proposition of it, what problems it solves and how that's measured. If you build that in your PDI, like what difference does it make this on your PDI and not on some customer system? It shows the same level of um, expertise with the component pieces. And as long as you can articulate the value propositions, how those value propositions are measured, right, in your app. Yep. Like you could just as easily do something like that at the client site. And let's, I mean, let's just, let's just kibitz a bit and talk about the different things you've seen out there where people built on their PDI. Like I'm teaching, there's this, um, a friend of mine in the ServiceNow ecosystem, he's been in the game forever. His daughter's 18 now, and he's trying to land her an internship Um, and so I'm teaching this, like, she's just out of high school, right. And trying to teach this person about how to build on service now. And, and the, the context I'm teaching her in is she works at Panera bread. Mm -hmm. So like free shout out to Panera bread and your podcast, but, um, we're, we're, we're talking about everything in the context of what if your point of sale system goes down? What if they want to measure the efficiencies of their oven? What if there's a problem with the oven models that they placed it like on the West coast? Like, how would you find these things out? Nobody walks into a service now and say, how would I manage like global operations for Panera Bread on this thing? But you can. Sure. Absolutely. It's it's work assigned to somebody. It's a task. You know, it, it, those of us that have done it before just go, yeah, I can whip something mm-hmm. together for you. I got a I got a buddy who does an annual barbecue chicken outing, something or other, and he wrote an app to manage all that. Like it's it's very specific. I've I've got an app that I wrote as part of our podcast process that uh, I am the only user. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I use it once a week, maybe once every other week to put together a specific segment of the show. That segment used to take me about 30 minutes to do. Now it takes me 10. If it continued to take me 30 minutes, I would have killed that thing a long time ago. But because I've got this app and it only takes me 10 minutes, we continue to do the segment and it put the fun back into it. I can go focus on other things because just that manual tedium of doing the same thing manually over and over. It's like, this is getting really old. So, yeah. you know, I figured a way to codify it and put it together. So there's, there's always opportunities. You start at your own desk and work out and not to borrow a phrase from another uh, sporting goods maker, just build it. Yeah. yeah, I don't want John Donahoe to come after me. <laughs> <laughs> go, you will learn if you've got an idea. Go out there and build it, and you will build learn. It. You're going to run into challenges, and then you reach out to the community, and they tell you an answer, and you go, "Thank you, Travis Tolson, or thank you, Chuck Tomasi, or thank you, whomever," because you've learned something in that challenge. It doesn't matter a lick if it's some profound business app. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. It shouldn't be, in my opinion. It doesn't even matter if you finish it, right? You'll learn stuff yeah. just trying it. Like, I don't know how many times I've taken a swing at, like, like I said earlier, I do soaping and I have, it, it's a very like, um, 
ingredient-based system, but I don't use all ingredients equally, right? So I'll have 35 pounds of olive oil and 10 pounds of palm oil and seven pounds of castor oil. And I use different quantities of each of my recipes. So I need something that stores recipes. And when I execute a recipe, it's got to take the calculations for remaining inventory out of all my different inventories, Mm -hmm. right? When I buy new inventory, I've got to be easily like recalculate my totals and I need thresholds so that when it dips below, right? Like I want to, I want to be able to crank out 10 more recipes before I have to buy another piece of another like 35 pound jug of olive oil. Right. That's a great use case. I love that because you, you, you can picture all these moving parts and the yeah. problems that were there at the onset. Like I can fix this. I can make this process better so that I don't run out of olive oil and yep. I know what I've got and I can you know maybe do yeah. this recipe instead of that recipe. Uh, talk a little bit more about that. Recognizing the problem. I heard you mention on, on your podcast that you were, you were talking with a customer who was talking about what was it? Inaccurate assignments. And, yeah, and they yeah. said, I need, I need this. And you're like, Okay, what's the problem? That really is the case. Because let me tell you how bad this sucks. Okay, I'll, I'll start. I'll start with my soaping example, and then I'll, I'll transition to this customer example, right? Because, like, have you ever tried to eyeball a thirty-five pound like tin drum? <laughs> like, how much olive oil is left in this thirty-five? Like, full is thirty-five. Some of that is the weight of the drum. Yep. Right but I don't know how much weight. So I'm like sloshing this around and I don't know if there's like a half, a third, like how many batches do I still have? And it, and when it gets really low, it's like, I might have five batches or one. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not rigorously like mapping out how much is left, I, I might not know. So I might get to like soap day and not have the confidence to have enough olive oil to pump out of this thing. And so it's like, okay, order more olive oil. Okay. Now I'm waiting like in the best days, I was waiting two weeks to get my 35 drum of olive oil. But now with like logistics crisis is everywhere. Like, am I five, six weeks, seven weeks away from right. doing my next soap batch? Which if I was doing this for a living would be a real like blankety blank problem, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it's easy to say, well, this is this is Robert and he's doing soap. Yeah, the, the the impact isn't so... This is a microcosm of, you know, take something like Boeing with jet fuel or, yep. you know, mechanical supplies or something that keeps planes in the airs. You don't want to run out and you want to know if it's going to take six weeks to get this stuff. So every yeah. everything it's you It's raw do, material consumption. It's, exactly. it's the bread and butter of logistics, which is the oldest, the, the second oldest profession in the universe. <laughs> We're not going with the first oldest. <laughs> um so anyways, like, well, let's put this into like a real life example that you're more likely to see, right? So I had this customer and all of a sudden it was like, stop what you're doing, come into this meeting. And, oh, we have this real disastrous problem with with uh, inaccurate assignments. <gasps> inaccurate assignments, what does that mean? Well, that means the tickets aren't getting worked fast enough and they're bouncing around and causing everybody a headache and our customers are getting pissed off. And and then it was like, okay, everybody, like, let's strategize what to do. All right, go. And it's like, we should redo our category tree so it's more obvious what group it goes to. Please, no. 
Yeah. Let's let's audit our groups. Like maybe we just have too many groups and we should like normalize it and have like more uh, rational group names. And maybe that's what's causing the problem. And then everybody else is like, oh, yeah, didn't doesn't service now have this AI thing? Like maybe we just train an AI up and it doesn't matter that we have like crazy categories or groups. Right. So we're sitting at like three, four, five different solutions that have been proposed. Mm -hmm. And the powers of B are like, go, like launch all the missiles, do it all and we'll crush this problem. And so I walk in there and I'm like, well, let's just like, let's run a quick performance analytics and see how bad the problem is first. Because if I'm going to like stop everything I'm doing so I can do these four new things, then I had better have a handle as to how much the situation improves. Because we're literally like throwing value out the window and spending more money to get something else that's quote unquote valuable. So you got to recognize the problem and then understand what done looks like or how much you've improved. And we found that the problem was basically non-existent. Like the person that was, that was complaining was basically the victim of the X number of cases that it actually happened. Wow. And, and, and even for the amount of amount of uh, political like heat that was generated, it really wasn't like an absurd number either. It's like sub 1%. Yeah. It was something with something around there. Right. And so (laughs) It's like, I came back to the table with that. Like, okay, just before we stop all these other priority one initiatives, why don't we talk a little bit about how bad this problem actually is? And this does two things for you, not one. Okay. Number one, it justifies, is it bad enough to do development attention to, Mm -hmm. right? And number two, if you can measure how bad it is, you can measure how good it improves. And then you can take your solutions on bite size. Right. Mm -hmm. Or agile, if you prefer. (laughs) Let's first reorganize our category tree. Oh, that did nothing. Right. Give it three weeks. That did nothing. Okay. Let's reorganize. Let's let's rationalize our group names. All right. Give that three weeks. Ah, That helped a little bit, but it's still too painful. Okay. Now train the AI. You see what I mean? Like, yeah. how, 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 really, how worth it is it to build stuff that you can't even measure the pain around? If you can't measure the pain around, you shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it takes, it takes a real discipline and it takes a will to contend with the political forces to do that. But when you do, it earns you significant street cred, even off the backs of people who you think aren't necessarily your friend. And right? that, you know, right there, that's another way you can blaze your own trail. That's true. Success isn't building like necessarily, right? Success right. is just reaching the best outcomes. Recognizing, you know, what's the problem? What does better look like? Having those those deeper discussions rather than, hey, I cranked out 600 lines of code today. Great effort. Was it in the right direction? I don't know. That's right. It's just, it's layers of an onion, right? Yeah. At the start, it's just, they told me to build this. Did I build it well? Right. That's the outer layer of the onion. But the heart, the core of the onion, right, that last layer that you got to peel back is, can I guide this organization to the outcome that they want? And that doesn't necessarily mean building as per requirements. Don't ever put that on your resume. Just don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, I think I've heard you rant about that one already. (laughs) It's like nobody cares as per requirement. It could have been the wrong requirement. It could have been a dumb thing to ask for in the first place. Right. But do you have the the eyes to see, right? And the and and the ears to hear and the mouth to speak that gets people 
out of their like out of the just zoomed in. Oh, I want I want you to build me a business rule that blah 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 blah. And more like, God, it sucks that we have so many bad reassignments. Oh, well, actually, you don't have that many bad reassignments. Whew, all right, let's go on to the next thing. My, the hair stands up on the back of my neck when anybody tries proposing a solution before I understand the problem. Yeah. That's just wrong. <laughs> I feel like walking into the doctor and say, hey, doc, I need this specific medication. No, they're not going to pr- just give you a prescription for that. They're going to go, well, sit down. Let's talk about what what hurts. How long has it lasted? What uh, what other medications are you taking? <laughs> they have that discussion. I just had an aha moment there too. Like we talk about blazing your own trail to success, right? Like yeah. there's a certain success that comes with, I built the thing they asked for well. Maybe they'll ask me to build two more things, right? right. And that is a certain level of success. But another level of success is w- when you get to the point where you can get to that heart of the onion, like peel back all the layers. And it's like, what's the outcome that I need to get to? And how do I get you there is infinitely transferable. Yeah. Right. If a comet hits every service now data center on earth and we've gotten like, oh, it sucks, but it's gone. You know, um, like you could still do something else with that skill. I don't want to be in front of that comet. No, we all hope it doesn't happen, but you see what I mean? Or if it's just like, I, like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to do something else. Or even, even within, even if you're going to stay in the service now ecosystem perpetually, right? Like I've had gigs that I won not off of the power of my credentials in that domain, but off of the power of my eyes to see and mouth to speak. Like, no, like the first ITBM job. No, I don't, I I haven't done an ITBM job before, but here's what my eyes see and my ears hear. And I'm speaking to you what I think your outcomes are. Like, are we in agreement? Yes, we are. Did any other partner tell you that? No. See, so like being able to, 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 to do that, even if you don't have like the ITBM cert, you can, you can potentially get yourself into ways of working um, that are not the, just like the, the purely physical delivery. Oh, I kind of like, that's not coming out right. Does that sound right? It's the critical thinking aspects of yes. doing your job. You need to be able to analyze this information and distill it and evaluate it and all of that thinking piece Rather than just being a robotic automaton, I I have heard that they're training AI to do programming, so watch out. It's not that good yet, but who knows? Maybe someday developers will be obsolete. So you better bone up on your critical thinking skills. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, I'd say there's not a lot of it either. Like, there's you don't have a ton of competition. (laughs) Um, and, And customers love it so much when they find somebody that they think understands them. Yeah. And seize the bigger picture. Focus on the outcomes. Yeah. So that they don't have to be the ones to tell you to make a business rule, the blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. That just becomes a tool in your toolbox that you go, okay, this is one way to solve that problem, or it's a means to an end, but you better know where you're headed. Ding, ding, ding. So yeah, that's, um, that's a fun discussion around blazing your own trail. I hope there was something valuable in there. We, we covered a lot. We covered a lot. Oh, the legend of Anna Tomboulian. She doesn't work in the ServiceNow space anymore. She's got this uh, AI applied to dentistry startup. Okay. But there's this this girl, Anna Tombulian, and she went, she showed up to the hackathon. They picked something really hard to do. Her team like totally bailed on her halfway. And she had like basically learned ServiceNow that day. What? <laughs> and, <laughs> and she just like, no, I'm going to finish this thing. 
And she was so frustrated and everybody else just watched her like pull her hair out and just be frustrated to the nth degree on getting this thing done. But she refused to give up, even though she knew like a day's worth of service now knowledge and she finished it and she was a finalist. And yes. And it was one of the most inspirational things I think I've ever seen in a hackathon. So yeah, if you think you're a beginner, you got zero excuses now. No kidding. I mean, she went up. That wasn't a learning curve. That was a learning wall. I mean, to her credit, she's like a she's like a coding genius level. Right. So but but still, she did it herself. Her whole team that also knew ServiceNow gave up. Kudos for the persistence on that one. Okay, last question. What words of advice do you have for our developers out there, including the new ones? Uh, Man, just just build. Like just go back, rewind a little bit where Chuck and I said, everybody's got something that they can build in service. Now just do that on your PDI, uh, especially like when you start looking for work and you don't have a, a big laundry list of experiences in the market, revert to your PDI. Yep. Tell people what problems it solved, how it solved them and the way it's measured. Um, and that counts. So just, just build. And then also talk about what you're building. Yes. If it's if it feels hard, go to like the many, many, many places where you can get answers. SN Dev Slack channel and community are my favorite, mm-hmm. right? And say, I'm having trouble with this. And then just get buried in insights for, for a night. And also when you're successful, talk about that. Absolutely. I, I, I this super high performing video on YouTube. It was just me trying to figure out flow designer, like years late. <laughs> Let's build a simple catalog item flow. When you, Chuck, you've got like 100 hours of flow designer stuff on the ServiceNow channel. It's got to be, right? <laughs> I don't know if it's that much. Yeah, I mean, but it's just like a prodigious amount of stuff at your level of of the game, right? And I'm still coming in here saying, let's, do, do, let's just do it like a catalog item with one approval. And I get a thousand views off of that. You know what I mean? Like, yep, so yep. W- after you build, talk about what you've built. And you know what? You're going to find opportunities headed your way. Somebody's going to see that and say, hey, you should submit that as a creator con breakout session or something. You go, For well, sure. Yeah. You know, the, and that leads to other things. And that leads to other. It's like there, there's this growth thing when you get out there and explore and then share it. So that's that's good stuff. Thank you for joining us today, Robert. I told you this was going to go a little long, but not too bad. Before we leave. Go nuts with your shameless plugs or content. Let the listener know the many ways they can get in touch with you. Well, the links are going to be in the description, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you yep. can reach me out on LinkedIn or Twitter or my website. My website is theduke.digital. My email is rob at theduke.digital. I'd love to hear from you. All good stuff. Again, we will have the links for that in the show notes in the description. Uh, give a plug for the uh, recruiting thing you've got going. Yeah, so it's something I kind of fell into accidentally. Um, but if if you're the kind of person that's looking for ServiceNow talent, I want you to imagine for a moment how much faster and easier it's going to go when the person looking for and vetting that talent has been there and done that. Mm-hmm. Like I understand what all these positions do day to day. I've done the work. So if you're looking for ServiceNow, uh, think about how much faster and easier. You're not going to have to go through like, the minimum five resumes that some other court, uh, recruiting company has sent you. You're just going to get the people who fit if I ha- if I have them and at a decent price. And if you're the kind of person who's looking for to step up 
uh, in the ServiceNow world. Like I, I can offer you resume reviews. I can offer you coaching on the way to finding, you know, that position you need. Thank you for all your help in the ecosystem. And thank you, wonderful listener, for joining us today. Do not forget, you can check out the other ServiceNow podcasts at community.servicenow.com underneath the resources menu or go to servicenow.com slash podcast and subscribe to any or all of them. There's some great stuff out there. I just heard a really good episode of the Accelerate podcast. A lot of good stuff. You can subscribe to one feed and get them all if you wish. Again, thank you so much, Robert. You had a lot to share today. I hope we get to talk again more soon. All right. Thanks, Chuck. Please let us know what you think about this podcast. You can leave feedback or ask questions in the ServiceNow community. For more great information on ServiceNow development, check out the ServiceNow developer portal at developer.servicenow.com. Thanks for listening. There we go. We'll insert the bell there. Awesome. Can't wait. It's a big topic. It is. And and I think we hit it with a big sledgehammer like there is no magic bullet. (laughs) 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 What was I smoking?